We'd like to welcome you to the first edition of The Jazz Show for 2015. And I would like to, over and above everything else, wish everyone out there a very happy, prosperous, and productive New Year. And uh, we hope that you can achieve all that you wish to achieve this year. And we've got a whole year to do it, right? <laughs> Until we make uh, resolutions again for the next year. Anyway, this is, uh, this is our first show, and uh, we have some great music for you. This is The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9, of course, or on your computer, www.citr.ca. There's so much construction out here at UBC, I had to make a bit of a tea, uh, a tea, <laughs> a tea tour, a detour coming into the, uh, into the building because um, there's a lot of uh, entranceways that are blocked off and so on. And, of course, uh, if you're not out here every day, you don't know which ones are blocked off and which ones are not. Anyway, we're here, and uh, yes, my name's Gavin Walker, and... Looking forward to another year. Uh, actually, it'll be a year of change for CITR because we'll be eventually moving into the new sub-building with our new deluxe studio, uh, which should be um, a really, a really interesting endeavor. Yes, all this kind of stuff happening in 2015. We're going to begin our show this evening, of course, as we have done since, uh, I guess, August we started it, our jazz feature. And uh, we have quite a few things to do uh, this evening. I, I would like to actually dedicate the show um, this evening to someone on a very personal note, an extremely personal note, my, my dad, my father, who passed away in 2005 but uh, today would have been his birthday, and he would have been 102 years old, and who knows? <laughs> Being a feisty Irishman, he's probably taking care of business wherever he is uh, at this point. So I dedicate the show to him. My dad wasn't an, uh, a really uh, dedicated jazz lover, but he, he certainly respected the music and respected, uh, eventually respected my decisions to be part of uh, the jazz world. And I think uh, I inherited a lot of genes from his family um, because all of uh, my dad was musical um, and uh, all of his brothers, and he had a lot of them, uh, were all musical and they all played instruments uh, from trumpets to saxophones to flutes to clarinets and uh, were all excellent musicians. Uh, they played in a lot of... Uh, Bands, military bands and marching bands and that sort of thing. But that's what they did. So uh, I think perhaps I inherited uh, some of those genes anyway from, from dear old dad. So our jazz feature this evening is a band that is, I think, one of the most neglected of all Stan Getz's bands. Now, Stan Getz, of course... Um, Tremendous uh, uh, tenor saxophonist, um, groundbreaking musician, one of the major voices of, of the tenor saxophone. I was just chatting with a friend of mine earlier today, and he said, you know, he said, I kind of uh, feel guilty 
when I started, you know, to get into uh, uh, jazz, I kind of neglected Stan Getz. I kind of took him for granted. And he says, now that uh, I'm, I'm more mature in my taste, I realize how great a musician Stan Getz was. And he covered all the eras and managed to uh, make um, significant musical statements um, in, in all eras through all kinds of major changes in, in jazz music. So we're going to hear a band that I think is one of his most neglected and one of his best working bands. And it was actually formed on the East Coast. And then Stan and his family, his wife Beverly and his son uh, Steve and his daughter Beverly Jr., um, moved out to Los Angeles in the middle of 1953. Stan had uh, played out there several times, and he, he fell in love with the environment and the weather and all that kind of stuff and decided to move lock, stock, and barrel out to Los Angeles. Uh, not only that, he had secured some very long-term gigs out there, and uh, he decided to bring this band, uh, um, which was his working band, out to Los Angeles because he could, uh, um, it was profitable for them and uh, it was a great musical environment for them to work in. And he made a whole series of recordings with this band for uh, Norman Grants, who he was under contract with. Um, and fortunately, they, they, they did all of these recordings and uh, they were issued. But um, they have been, uh, for some reason, sadly neglected. The only uh, recordings available um, of this band issued uh, domestically is the uh, Mosaic set, um, which is from Mosaic Records, and it's a it's a, a four LP set of um, all of this all this particular band. But it's on back order now because <laughs> people want it. it. It hasn't been given a, a proper reissue. Now, Stan Getz's uh, life, uh, and I'm not going to go into any, any details, uh, Stan Getz's personal life and his marriage was, was um, chaotic, to say the least. But two things kept Stan going was his uh, own, uh, was his devotion to this band and his... Uh, devotion to his two children. Stan was a model father, despite all the inconsistencies uh, of his life. Those two things, music and his children, meant more to Stan than any anything. And uh, he took care of business both ways. Um, and so this band was, uh, was, as I said, gainfully employed. Stan was at the top of the jazz world. He was the standard for all saxophone players to play. And uh, really, before, this was before Sonny Rollins and, and John Coltrane came on the scene uh, in, um, prominently. It was Stan Getz who really set the standard. And uh, after he left the Woody Herman Band in 1949, he embarked on a solo career and, of course, never looked back after that, he was his own um, major star. Stan, uh, during those years, used, uh, for those of you that are uh, musicians and interested in that sort of thing, Stan used a particular brand of mouthpiece on his saxophone, and it was a Brillhart Streamlined Number 7 mouthpiece, and it was white plastic. 
And that's the mouthpiece that he used from the years 1950 through to 1954. And then he made some changes. And somehow Stan and his great talent and that particular mouthpiece gave him a most beautiful sound that we're going to hear. Uh, It's a sound, I think, which matches the color of his eyes. Stan had um, really deep, beautiful blue eyes. And the sound of uh, his tenor saxophone matches the color of his eyes. It's, it's kind of a, an ice blue. And uh, I think when you hear his sound, you'll, you'll, you'll hear what I mean when I say that. Um, that's about all I have to say about the music. Uh, the, the band included his soulmate on valve trombone, the great Bob Brookmeyer. And contrasting with uh, Stan and Bob Brookmeyer, interestingly enough, the tenor saxophone and the valve trombone are pitched in the same register, so that that gives the band a very unique sound. And um, in contrast to that is a wonderful pianist by the name of John Williams, originally from uh, Vermont, great pianist, very underrated, had a seemingly short career uh, in, in, uh, in jazz music and uh, was one of my favorite piano players. And he is a, a really nice contrast to the whole band because he's a hard, he digs in really hard and he swings hard and he's kind of a percussive, um, had a percussive nervous style on piano that, that I really enjoyed. And uh, he adds a great contrast to this band. On bass is uh, one of Charlie Parker's favorites, Teddy Kotick on bass. And on drums is a, a little man little thin man from Detroit who was a brush master and a most tasteful drummer. His name, Frank Izola. So those were the, uh, the people involved in this band. These recordings were all done in Los Angeles um, at a, a few recording sessions in 1953. And uh, as I said, they constitute one of Stan Getz's greatest working bands. The interesting thing about this band is how well... Brookmeyer and Getz work together. The interplay, there's lots of interplay and lots of movement between the two horns. And it's almost um, lots of contrapuntal work and harmonies and, and that sort of thing and shows the, the incredible intuition of these two musicians. So we'll get to the music. And we begin with a great Ellington tune called It Don't Mean a Thing If It Ain't Got That Swing. Then we're going to go to an Irving Berlin tune, uh, as tune number two called Love and the Weather, a lesser-known uh, Irving Berlin tune. And uh, then um, beautiful Rogers and Hart tune called Spring is Here. And it's getting warm out, you know. <laughs> Spring will be right around the corner in Vancouver pretty soon. So that'll be tune number three. Tune number four goes back to the 1920s and uh, was a... Um, a dance that was popular among the flappers in the 1920s, the varsity, the varsity drag, and that's the name of the tune, the varsity drag. Then a great tune by uh, uh, Gus Kahn and Irving Caesar, a thing called Crazy Rhythm. And uh, then tune number six is going to be um, a Bob Rickmeyer composition called Minor Blues. And we'll carry on after that with some more. I may uh, come in and just... Uh, back announce those tunes, and then um, uh, play a few more, which I think I will. 
by this great band. So once again, Stan Getz on tenor saxophone, Bob Brookmeyer on valve trombone, Johnny Williams on piano, Teddy Kotick on bass, and Frank Isola on drums. And it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. And that's right. Thank <laughs> you. 
we haven't quite finished with the jazz feature. I've got three more pieces to play for you by this incredible band. But I'd just like to uh, remind you that uh, my name is Gavin Walker, and this is The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. We're listening as our jazz feature to one of the finest bands that tenor saxophonist Stan Getz ever put together. And uh, all of these um, pieces of music were recorded in Los Angeles in 1953 with Mr. Getz, who was known by his nickname. His nickname was The Sound, and uh, (laughs) definitely... Uh, Stan Getz on tenor saxophone, Bob Brookmeyer, his partner on the front line on valve trombone, Johnny Williams from Vermont on piano, not to be confused with the film composer John Williams, two different guys. This is Johnny Williams, the jazz guy, and wonderful pianist. I love his playing. And Teddy Kotick on bass and Frank Isola on drums. And the tunes we heard, we heard six of them. We opened with uh, Duke Ellington's It Don't Mean a Thing, If It Ain't Got That Swing. Then we went to a tune by Irving Berlin, a lesser-known tune called Love and the Weather. And then we went to a Rodgers and Hart tune, still dealing with the weather, called Spring is Here. And then an old tune from the 1920s that uh, was a dance from the 20s, and the tune was called The Varsity Drag. Then we heard an up-tempo tune, that uh, was always a favorite of Getz's. Um, Sammy Kahn and, Sid C- and uh, Irving Caesar's tune called Crazy Rhythm. And then the final tune that we've heard in this segment is a Bob Brookmeyer composition called Minor Blues. We're going to hear three more by this uh, incredible band, beginning with another Bob Brookmeyer composition dedicated to... Uh, some lady, whether she was real or whether she was in Brookmeyer's imagination or whether she was a memory, I have no idea. <laughs> the name of the tune is Oh, Jane Snavely. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the next tune is a wonderful tune um, that was made famous by um, a great singer with Duke Ellington. That was his hit, and he recorded the tune called Flamingo, and we're going to hear that. Next, and the final tune is one of my absolute all-favorite Stan Getz's solos and performances. And this is the band doing uh, Ray and DePaul's famous tune that every jazz musician has to know called I'll Remember April. So we begin with Brooke Myers' O. Jane Snavely. Thank you. 
Thank you. 
ends our jazz feature this evening. The Stan Getz Quintet, one of the great, rather undocumented bands, um, reissues of, uh, of that particular band have been uh, pretty sparse and hard to find, and it's a wonder because so much of uh, Getz's career has been documented, just about everything, uh, and yet this particular band, uh, stuff is hard to find, so I certainly hope you uh, enjoyed it. It's one of my favorite periods of Stan Getz's playing, and uh, I think one of the very best ensembles that he ever put together. And uh, Stanley Getz, as uh, Woody Herman always called him, he always referred to him as Stanley. <laughs> Stan Getz on tenor saxophone. He was born in Philadelphia of uh, Ukrainian Jewish parents, and uh, he was born in 1927, uh, February 2nd. And, uh, of course, being an Aquarian, Stan Getz was a pretty smart guy and uh, a <laughs> pretty great player, too. There were two great Aquarian saxophone players uh, born on February 2nd, Sonny Stitt and Stan Getz, and uh, they were friends and uh, frequently rivals, too, uh, because they appeared together um, as part of Norman Grant's great uh, traveling jam session, and uh, Getz and Stitt would have a, have a go at one another, but of course they respected each other deeply. Anyway, this was Stan Getz with Bob Brookmeyer on valve trombone. It's nice to hear these, these two instruments together. It, it, it is really a unique sound because... Both the tenor saxophone and the valve trombone are are really um, have the same um, range and and the same pitch together. It's not like trumpet and saxophone, so they have this nice kind of um, burry kind of a sound. On piano, um, a real favorite of mine and someone who has uh, been sadly neglected. He did make appear on some pretty important albums but uh, not recorded enough in my estimation, and it was an influence on uh, several piano players that I know. Uh, this is a guy from Vermont, and uh, his name, Johnny Williams. And uh, I thought he provided a great contrast to uh, Getz and Brookmeyer in this particular band, too, with his kind of punchy, uh, percussive, and um, almost nervous-sounding piano work. And uh, I just loved uh, loved this work. He really digs in, really swings hard. Johnny Williams on piano. 
Teddy Kotick on bass, who um, at the time was uh, Charlie Parker referred to Teddy Kotick as my heartbeat, a great compliment for a bass player. And uh, on drums, one of the more neglected drummers, very tasty, um, was a brush master and uh, never overplayed, always was there for the band. A lovely drummer from Detroit, Frank Izola. And all of this stuff was recorded uh, over several sessions for Norman Grants in 1953. We announced the first nine tunes, uh, or the first six tunes, that is, and the final three tunes were, in this uh, part two of uh, the jazz feature, we opened with a Bob Brookmeyer composition called O Jane Snavely. And the second tune was a, a great old pop standard called Flamingo, and the final tune was my favorite of all Stan Getz's solos and, and uh, interpretations. I'll Remember April was the final tune and the most lengthy uh, piece of music uh, on the whole set. Stan Getz. So we hope you enjoy the jazz feature this evening. Next up, after a few words from uh, this and that and the other thing, uh, <laughs> we're going to present... Someone who was born today, who was still alive, he was born in 1931, and he grew up in Kingston, Jamaica, and he lived on the same block as my best friend, and they went to the same school together. And I'm talking about Alfonso son Dizzy Reese, Dizzy Reese, and he was not given that nickname after Dizzy Gillespie. And uh, he was just, that nickname came out of the air uh, before he even had even heard of Dizzy Gillespie. But being as Dizzy Reese was from Jamaica, uh, there are many Jamaicans, many J great Jamaican uh, musicians that really had an ear for jazz, and uh, including my best friend, who um, discovered jazz by listening to Voice of America. That's right. That is the, um, the, the great network of, uh, of the states. And it so happened that Voice of America beamed in to Jamaica on a clear channel station so that it was very easily, uh, you could pick it up on, your, uh, on just even a little, little tiny portable uh, radio and uh, hear it as clear as a bell. And Voice of America had some great jazz programs, primarily uh, one particular um, very, very well-informed disc jockey by the name of Willis Conover. And he always presented the latest and the best of, uh, of jazz music, gave you kind of a historical perspective. And so jazz became um, a real integral part of, of Jamaican culture. And even though uh, it kind of veered off into different styles, uh, if you listen to some of the great ska bands, they're all full of jazz guys. They only play with that ska beat but essentially, they're, they're, they're jazz musicians, and they play jazz solos over that, over that beat. Dizzy Reese was, was part of that, but what he did was head to England, which, of course, was a natural because being a Jamaican citizen, he was able to emigrate to England very quickly. But then he moved to New York City. Um, he was encouraged by different people like Miles Davis and, and Dizzy Gillespie to move to New York, which he did, and that's where he lives to this day. So we're going to hear a little bit of his music in honor of Dizzy Reese uh, right after the, these few important messages. So once again, you're listening to The Jazz Show on CITR 
FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we'll be right back in a very few moments. Whoever said money can't buy you friends obviously wasn't a member at CITR. When you become a member, you get the Friends of CITR card with incredible discounts in the UBC and Kitsilano area at Australian Boot Company, Banyan Books and Sound, The Bike Kitchen, The Cove, Dantry's Pub, Displace Hashery, Limelight Video, The Eatery, Fresh's Best Salsa, Gargoyle's Bar and Grill, Lotus Land Tattoo, Nuba Kitsilano, Prussian Music, Rufus's Guitar Shop, and the UBC Bookstore. To find out more, visit us in room 233 of the sub on the UBC campus or go online to citr.ca. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. kind of wondered what happened to uh, the great uh, panic that we were all given that we were going to get a huge dump of snow here in Vancouver. We didn't, of course. We got the, <laughs> the usual um, quite heavy rain, although they got snow out in the suburbs, Maple Ridge, etc., and and up the valley, and of course on the Coquihalla and all those places. But Vancouver, as usual, we escaped. We only got rain, and of course... Uh, <laughs> You know, it makes, I guess it it, it does make driving hazardous because it's really hard to see and the rain reflects light and you can't see things and um, everybody needs to slow down anyway. So sometimes uh, <laughs> the rain, well, may do it or may not do it. But anyway, um, tonight the rain is going to end overnight. Then we're going to get fog patches and some drizzle. But it's going to be quite warm. Actually, the low temperature is pretty tropical. Nine is the low temperature. Tomorrow is going to be cloudy with a 30% chance of drizzle um, in the morning and then fog dissipating also in the morning with lows of high or lows of high, lows of nine and and highs of 11. Wednesday, uh, no precipitation in the forecast, quite, uh, quite warm, low of six and a high of nine. Then on Thursday, cloudy with a 30% chance of a shower, low of 4, high of 9. Cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower with a low of 4, high of 8 on Friday. Saturday is cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower again, low of 3, high of 7. Sunday, periods of rain with a low of 3 and a high of 7. And with those temperatures, I guess we can sort of say it's Vancouver tropical rain, right? 
Yeah, right. Anyway, that's uh, that's it. A rather uninspired forecast, but uh, there you go. Before we get into uh, playing some music by Dizzy Grease, I'd just like to congratulate the World Junior Canadian team. Canada beat Russia. It was a it was a tough game. Russia caught up, and it looked ooh, it looked a little dicey, but Canada uh, won. Five to four, and uh, they won the gold medal. And so, hats off to the Canadian team uh, for pulling that off. That's uh, that's just great. And of course, uh, we can raise the flag and be proud of um, of the team. And uh, I think we should do that maybe a little more. Not not uh, you know to be uh, jingoistic or anything, but uh, w- you know we we could um, exhibit a little more pride in uh, in our country. Because we have a lot to be proud about. All right. Dizzy Reese, as I mentioned before, born in Kingston, Jamaica on this day in 1931. Uh, These are rare recordings. These were never issued except only once. And you can't find this record anymore. It's too bad because this is a really good session. Uh, It features Dizzy on trumpet with Stanley Turrentine, one of the giants on tenor saxophone, and... One of my dearest and closest friends, a man who uh, mentored me uh, a lot, was a great influence on how I think and how I perceive myself and uh, so on. And he was a great influence on me. Passed away a few years. His name was Musa Kalim. And uh, he plays the tenor saxophone and the flute on here. Now, Musa didn't get on a lot of records, but he did play with a lot of very important people in his career. And uh, he ended up uh, in San Francisco, where where we hooked up together, and we became uh, very, very close friends. I really miss him a lot because he was an extremely uh, wise and uh, wise man, and and also a very kind and loving person as well, and an extremely talented musician. Overlooked, Musa Kalim uh, plays flute and tenor saxophone on here. And he has quite a distinctive sound as apart from Stanley Turrentine's sound. On piano, the great Duke Jordan. On bass, Sam Jones. And on drums, one of the most tasteful of all the New York drummers, Al Harewood, who just passed away a little while ago. Wonderful drummer. We're going to hear two tunes uh, by Dizzy Reese. Um, the first one is called Coming On, and the second one is called Goose Dance. Both compositions by Mr. Reese, and I hope you enjoy the music of Alfonso, son, Dizzy Reese, master trumpeter.
Two very rare tracks recorded by uh, a gentleman whose birthday we're celebrating today, born in Kingston, Jamaica. Today, January 5th, 1931, Dizzy Reese. He was the leader on trumpet with his uh, assertive, sharp-sounding trumpet. And one of my best friends in this, uh, in this world, and I really miss him to this day, we heard him um, on tenor saxophone. He took the first tenor saxophone solo on both of those pieces and played flute as well on the second piece. And I'm talking about Musa Kalim playing flute and tenor saxophone. And the other tenor saxophonist was, is one of the greats, Mr. Stanley Turrentine, Stan the Man. On piano, Duke Jordan. On bass, Sam Jones. And on drums, Al Harewood. We heard two Dizzy Reese compositions from this uh, July 17th, 1960 date in New York City. Coming On was the first tune, and Goose Dance was the second tune, both compositions by Mr. Reese. We're going to uh, continue with uh, some Dizzy Reese. This time we're going to go back in time while he was still um, in England and uh, before he emigrated to the United States. And this was recorded in London in August of 1958. And it features Dizzy with some uh, great British musicians and a guest, or two guests as a matter of fact, uh, trumpeter Donald Byrd and drummer Arthur Taylor. And uh, Dizzy um, loved Arthur Taylor's playing, and, and, um, uh, and of course Donald Byrd playing uh, the trumpet was a nice contrast to, uh, to Dizzy's work. So we're going to hear Dizzy um, and Donald Byrd on trumpets, the great... Tubby Hayes on tenor saxophone, Terry Shannon on piano, and a Canadian. As a matter of fact, he lives here in Vancouver. He's retired from playing now, but a wonderful bass player in his day. I'm talking about Lloyd Thompson, Lloyd Thompson, and Arthur Taylor, as I mentioned, on drums. We're going to hear three tunes from an album called Blues and Trinity. We're going to open up with a Dizzy Reese composition called The Shepherd's Serenade, Then we're going to feature a ballad that features Reese and just the rhythm section, uh, no other horns, and it's his version of an old um, Harry Warren tune called I Had the Craziest Dream. And we'll end the set with a Reese composition that features the whole band called Ibu. So here then, three tunes from uh, this album that was issued on Blue Note blues in Trinity, and we begin with the Shepherd's Serenade. Thank you. 
Our small tribute to a great trumpet player. We heard three tunes recorded in London in 1958 before he emigrated to the U.S. And, of course, uh, he had been heard by such people as Miles Davis and Dizzy Gillespie and different other people. And they, they all told him, uh, you know, get the hell out of there. Get to New York. You know, forget London. Just uh, just come to New York. You, you'll, you'll have it made because you're great. And that was Dizzy Reese before he um, emigrated to New York. Recorded in 1958 in London. August 24th was the, was the date. And we heard Dizzy alongside Donald Byrd on trumpet, who uh, was guesting on the session. And the great New York drummer Arthur Taylor as well was involved in this session. And on tenor saxophone, one of the greatest musicians that England ever produced, Tubby Hayes on tenor saxophone, Terry Shannon on piano, and someone who lives right here in Vancouver, Canadian, Lloyd Thompson on bass. And he's uh, retired from playing now, but he resides here in Vancouver. All right, a legend. We heard three tunes. Um... Dizzy Reese's composition called Shepherd's Serenade opened the set. Then we heard Dizzy with just the rhythm section uh, on a ballad, one of his favorites called I Had the Craziest Dream, written by Harry Warren. And the final tune was another Dizzy Reese composition entitled Ibu. All right. Dizzy Reese, born in Kingston, Jamaica, this day in 1931, and he, he is still alive and uh, performs occasionally in, uh, in New York City. Great trumpet player. Someone who deserves uh, a little more recognition, too, because uh, he is really one of the more distinctive voices of the trumpet. We have a few uh, words to uh, say, and then we're going to get into some, uh, well, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. Uh, right now, but uh, you'll find out when we, when we uh, do it. I'd just like to mention a couple of websites that you should uh, definitely check out. First of all, I'd like to tell you that you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR. We're here every Monday night with some of the very best in jazz music, and we certainly really hope that uh, you are enjoying the music and uh, um, become one of our regular listeners. And of course, uh, we'd like to Naturally, wish each and every one of you a very happy New Year, seeing as this is our first show for the New Year. We're on CITR-FM 101.9, or on your computer, live streaming, CITR.ca. And of course, you can get our podcasts on there as well. Uh, past shows that you may have missed and want to catch up on, and, or if the, there are artists that, are, that you're interested in um, and want to check out. There you go. They're all on there. There's a whole lot of them. All right. Um, the two websites that I'd like to mention, first of all, is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. They are, of course, are bringing all kinds of... It's going to be their 30th anniversary this year of the Jazz Festival, and they have some incredible stuff planned uh, for the Jazz Festival, and they've, of course, got some amazing stuff planned before the festival. And, of course, that is the incredible two-night show, which is going to be at the QE Theater with Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga. That's right. And uh, Lady Gaga loves to sing 
standard tunes with Tony Bennett. And she can sing them, believe me. She's a very talented young lady. Uh, despite all her pop stuff and everything else, that's great. She's made her mark on that. But she's also, she can do standard tunes. And uh, she and Mr. Bennett, uh, several generations apart, I mean, she's 28 years old. He's 88. And uh, he's still going strong. And so they'll be there in concert uh, at the Queen Elizabeth Theater. And you can just get onto the Coastal Jazz website and you'll see how to get tickets and uh, the times, the dates, and all that kind of stuff. It's in May. So check it out, coastaljazz.ca. The other website to get onto is Brian Nations, which is vancouverjazz.com. And that's a very, very fine, comprehensive website. It's got all the local gigs. Um, bands that are playing in and around Vancouver and all the, the little venues and the one-nighters that uh, the bands do these days and uh, all pertaining to jazz music. And that's VancouverJazz.com. Good to reference, definitely, those, both of those sites. And uh, just one more thing, my good friend Ken Speller, who was a wonderful music teacher, uh, performer as well, but he is also a great repairman for woodwind instruments, clarinets, flutes, um, saxophones. Uh, he's a good guy to know. He's in the 13th and Lonsdale area, and he has his own shop right in his home. So he doesn't have the, uh, the store overhead or anything like that. And uh, Ken works very hard. He really knows how what to do and how to uh, take care of your instruments. He's very, very good, and he keeps his prices very, very reasonable. So, good man to know. He, his number is 778-800-1933, 778-800-1933, or K.
look at his Daz Max Kevin Balso Rooney with his trumpet there. Oh, well, what you know? Oh, everything is solid. I gotta go, Daz. Well, you gotta cut out. Jubilee, you gotta make another day. That's groovy. Well, you gotta make a gig. Take the next chord before you cut out. Take the next chord. That's killer. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, Slim Gaylord. Yes, it was his birthday yesterday, so we played this in tribute to the great, uh, one of the great characters in jazz, respected by all musicians. He was a fine musician himself, playing the piano, guitar, drums, and, of course, uh, uh, singing, composing all these, uh, all these crazy songs. We heard three, um, and, of course, the band here was uh, quite an all-star band with uh, Dizzy Gillespie on trumpet, Charlie Yardbird, Char- Charlie Parker on alto saxophone, Jack V on tenor saxophone, Dodo Marmorosa on piano, and um, Bam Brown on bass, Tiny Brown, and um, on drums, Zooty Singleton, and of course Slim playing the guitar on, on those tunes and doing all the narration. We heard uh, his hit, first of all, Flatfoot Fluji, his composition. That was a big hit in the early 40s. And then another tune um, that he wrote called Poppity Pop, dedicated to uh, motorcycle drivers. <laughs> there you go. And the final tune was to my favorite track, Slim's Jam. There you go. He's got to get up early in the morning himself. So <laughs> there you go. Slim Gaylord. Yeah. Quite a guy. You know... Herbie Mann is probably one of our most well-known musicians. Uh, He crossed over into um, doing pop stuff and uh, did all kinds of things. And, of course, he's known primarily as a flutist and a virtuoso flutist as well. And, of course, a great band leader and and, uh, for many years has been at the top of his, was at the top of his game. But he began his musical career as a clarinet player. And he recorded this wonderful album uh, for Riverside Records called Great Ideas of Western Man, M-A-N-N, of course, his name, Herbie Mann's Californians. He assembled a group of very prominent uh, musicians from the Los Angeles area in 1957, And uh, Herbie was also adept at the tenor saxophone as well. But the instrument that he chose for this date, and he plays it uh, throughout the whole record, is the bass clarinet. And he certainly was no slouch on that instrument. He never overplayed it, played very tastefully, and blended beautifully with trumpeter Jack Sheldon on this date. And I used to... um, I hadn't heard this date in many, many, many years. Uh, 
uh, until it was um, uh, a good friend of mine, Mr. Ron Hearn, made this uh, music available uh, to me to um, play for you. And I remember uh, as a young man, I grew up in Montreal and New York, and I used to stay up very late and listen to the radio uh, with uh, uh, headphones that my dad had uh, fixed up for the radio. Nowadays, of course, it's a simple thing, but back then it involved a whole bunch of stuff. You had to take the radio apart and and uh, build a jack for the headphones and all this kind of stuff. My dad did all that for me. And um, I used to listen to a guy from Salt Lake City, KSL, Salt Lake City, and it was a 50,000-watt radio station, clear channel. And I could hear it very, very clearly in Montreal and in New York after midnight because a lot of the local stations went off the air. And... One of my favorite disc jockeys was a guy named Wes Bowen, and I listened to his show all the time. He played great stuff, and his approach, um, he gave you a background on the music, very casual kind of a guy. It was like a, uh, sitting in somebody's house and hearing somebody you know, talking and presenting music. Wes Bowen was a great DJ and was an inspiration uh, for me. Uh, I thought, you know, if I ever got into radio, I'd like to be like Wes Bowen. So... This is a, a record that he played a lot, and uh, I hadn't heard it in so many years, and it brought back a lot of memories for me. So I'm going to play you two tunes. Um, Wes used to play just about every tune from this record, and uh, we're going to hear two tunes. And um, this wonderful session, Herbie Mann on bass clarinet, leading Jack Sheldon on trumpet, Jimmy Rolls on piano, Buddy Clark on bass, and the great Mel Lewis on drums. Recorded in July of 1957. We're going to hear a tune which is attributed to Miles Davis. He uses, uses it for a closing theme. And it's called simply The Theme. And then we're going to hear a, a Herbie Mann uh, composition called A Stella Performance. So here then is Herbie Mann on an instrument that you're probably not used to. But check him out. He's great on bass clarinet. Thank you. 
Herbie Mann, the way you've maybe never heard him before, playing bass clarinet uh, and leading the band, uh, some great West Coast all-stars. That's from a Riverside album uh, featuring Herbie Mann's Californians. And uh, the, uh, the name of the album is Great Ideas of Western Man, recorded in Los Angeles in July of 1957. Herbie Mann on bass clarinet with Jack Sheldon on trumpet, Jimmy Rolls on piano, Buddy Clark on bass, and Mel Lewis on drums. We heard two tunes. Uh, we opened the set with um, a tune attributed to Miles Davis, but nobody, no one knows who really wrote it. It was used by a lot of bands as their closing theme, and it's called The Theme. Uh, and the second tune was a Herbie Mann composition uh, on the blues called Estella Performance, Herbie Mann. As I mentioned before, he started his uh, career as a clarinetist, and uh, that's why he, was, um, he chose bass clarinet to do this date. And uh, he was certainly um, a very fine player on, uh, on that larger, uh, more uh, deeper version of, uh, of the clarinet. And, of course, uh, Herbie Mann went on to great fame and fortune playing the flute. George Russell, one of my all-time favorite composers, did this tune. This is a title track from um, an album, again, a Riverside album, uh, which was recorded in 1960. And, of course, the Russell Sextet was one of those bands that, um, to me, their sound is never dated. It's very contemporary, and and that has a lot to do with uh, George Russell's uh, writing and uh, voicing of the horns. And this was a great band. Uh, George, of course, is playing piano here. And Al Keeger from Indianapolis is on trumpet, along with uh, another uh, Indianapolis um, Denison, a great teacher, um, played cello and all different instruments. And, of course, he's one of the great jazz educators, David Baker. And he's on trombone. And a very fine tenor saxophonist that uh, never got a lot of recognition, but he worked with uh, George Russell in th- those days. Very distinctive sound. Dave Young on, on tenor, great player. And Chuck Israels on bass, who did the jazz program at uh, Western Washington College for many, many years. He's retired now, but an extremely fine bass player. And Joe Hunt on drums. That was the Russell Sextet. And they recorded this tune. This was one of George Russell's uh, big hits. And it's the title track. And it's called Stratus Funk, George Russell.
We heard some music by the George Russell Sextet from a um, famous Riverside album called Stratus Funk. And uh, Mr. Russell on piano, leading Al Keeger on trumpet, David Baker on trombone, Dave Young on tenor saxophone, Chuck Israels on bass, and Joe Hunt on drums. And of course, all the tunes were arranged by George Russell. He wrote the first one, the title track, Stratus Funk. And trombonist David Baker uh, wrote the second tune called Kentucky Oysters and, of course, arranged by George Russell. A unique sound and a band that, uh, whose sound um, always sounds so contemporary, like they could have recorded yesterday. And yet this was all done October 18, 1960, in New York City. The George Russell Sextet. Russell was one of the great uh, theorists in jazz. He was an important and innovative uh, contributor to contemporary jazz. And uh, as a teacher, uh, lecturer, composer, uh, band leader, theoretician, uh, he wrote a book called The Lydian Concept of Tonal Organization, which is still used and was studied by people like John Coltrane, Miles Davis, Eric Dolphy, all kinds of people. Me too. All right, George Russell. Ending our show this evening, our first show of the new year, and I certainly hope that uh, you enjoyed it, and we'll come back again next Monday at 9 p.m. Um, more great jazz music that we uh, endeavor to present to you, and of course our jazz feature will be opening the show. So, that's uh, it. On behalf of myself, Gavin Walker, I'd like to wish uh, you once again a very happy New Year, seeing as this was our first show of, uh, of the New Year. And uh, also, um, CITR would like to wish you a happy New Year as well. And of course, you're listening to CITR 101.9 on your FM dial or on your computer, www.citr.ca. We'll see you in seven days' time on behalf of uh, The Jazz Show and myself. Bye-bye for now. Take care. Do-ba-dee-oo